Another Way to Play, episode 129. You can't place all of your worth, all of your fulfillment, all of your success into that one thing and then ride that thing for the rest of your life. You can look back at and, and recognize the things that I gave you and you know appreciate and be grateful for all the opportunities you had. But there's a point you got to come in like, what is the next thing? What is the next mountain? And that way you can find that fulfillment and that happiness that you, as much as you got from that last career and that next career and that next mountain that you're climbing. Hey guys, this is Chris Levy, U.S. Army veteran and wine club owner. And if you want to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, and you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Struzina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina. And as you know, on this show, we talk about mindset. But today, we're talking about a little bit more than mindset. We're talking about wine and mindset. Yes, my guest is Chris Levy. He's the owner of Wine Club that is 100% digital and doesn't even have a name yet. It's so new, but it's a really cool concept that he is putting together um, and he has got a great experience. He's a U.S. Army veteran and has just taken his interest and passion for wine and really just run with it and turn it into a very cool digital socially distanced seasonal wine event. So if you're at all interested in wine, the military, or just want to hear someone who's got a really awesome perspective on life, this is an episode for you. We get into the passion conversation. We get into figuring out how to figure out uh, what kind of business or type of uh, endeavor you should pursue as well as some really uh, interesting advice relative to wine itself. Uh, If you get some value out of this, head over to iTunes or whatever player you're on and give it a five-star rating and review because it really helps me grow the show and gain some critical feedback on how I can keep improving, keep providing you more value. And of course, the algorithm loves it, which means so do I, and it helps grow the show as well. So thanks in advance for that. And without any further ado, let's get into it with my buddy, Chris Levy. Chris, man, thanks for being here with us. I appreciate you taking some time. Yeah, no, this is awesome, Hans. Thanks so much for uh, making this happen and giving me the opportunity to, to connect with you and your audience. And um, really just, you know, I'm excited to have a conversation. I'm excited about talking about your show and, you know, like you say, uh, another way to play and um, really learn what it is for you and your audience. Right on, man. Well, let's just get into it then. So what was that? A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we started chatting uh, gosh, it was hard to get on each other's calendars, but we made it. And we started talking about this crazy wine club that you're starting, man, like the nameless, faceless one. So why don't, why don't we start there? Let's talk about that. What are you doing with it? What's, uh, what's got you focused on the wine club at the moment? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I guess a little bit more context and a little more background. I've been in the military about 10 years and I'm currently in grad school I have been doing kind of this whole entrepreneurship thing for about three years now. And I've, I've always like really tried to figure out like, what is my niche? Like, what is the thing that I want people to know me for? 
And it doesn't mean that it has to be something that I consciously make the decision. Um, I think it's something that just you kind of gravitate towards and something that just you, you realize like you have this natural advantage or this competitive advantage um, to, to work in that space or that niche. And over the past couple of years, that's for me, it's been wine. Um, it's just been something that I've just gravitated towards. I've started to learn more about. It's the thing that I just am able to connect with anyone else over really easily and make, make it easier for me to build that, build a relationship with that person. And, um, and then I've, I've been doing a lot of traveling in the past couple of years. And as I started to do this traveling, of course, I was able to go to different wine regions and learn more about wines and, and see what it means to have this culture around wine. Um, and then really people just started commenting on my experience, both with travel and with wine. And I started to kind of take notice of what people were not only asking me, but what were people saying about me and to other people. And uh, from there, I realized that I, I might be onto something. You, If you look back at whatever it is that you've been doing, that's kind of led you up to this point. There's these little breadcrumbs of, I won't say breadcrumbs of success, but breadcrumbs that you're on the right path. You're on the path you're meant to be on. And uh, for me, it was taking notice of these things like travel wine that just has this natural uh, congruency and this natural overlap that created successful conditions for me able to launch my own club here uh, a few a few months ago. Right on. So yeah, it's a brand new uh, club and um, definitely something that I'm super excited. You you connected with one of our mutual friends now, Rob, uh, Dr. Rob McClelland, and um, he's a business partner of mine on a separate venture. Um, but it sounds like you guys are, are hitting it off and, and looking to grow that thing a little bit. Um, something you said just a second ago that caught my ear that I wanted to ping in on before we get back into your story is that sort of that path that you're meant to be on. Can you expand on that a little bit and like what that means to you and, and then how you've noticed like specifically what was happening for you that made you feel like you were, you were in on that path as you said, supposed to be on. Yeah, it was, it was really taking notice of one, the energy I would bring to conversations and connections with people and creation around, around wine, whether that's, you know, um, just sharing, you know, with someone else, like, Hey, I found this awesome wine. I think, you know, you like it. Or somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, what, what wines, wines do you recommend right now? Um, just noticing the energy that I was able to bring to that. And then the energy that was kind of, uh, responded or in kind from that other person. And, and when I talk to people about it, they just say like, look, when you start talking about travel, you start talking about wine and you start talking about kind of where all these things kind of come together. You're just face like lights up. And I think it's the same thing when we find, you know, you can, you can do something that you don't have a pattern for you can still have a lot of, you still have a successful business, but um, when you can find that sweet spot of something that is a, the right product market fit, and it's something that you're on fire about, uh, that's the real sweet spot. That's, that's something that you can really invest in and you know, it's going to long-term it's going to work out because you've seen the, the breadcrumbs of the path that you're supposed to be on. Is that something that you think came to you just out of like natural curiosity or is that path and those breadcrumbs, so to say, is that something you, you actively cultivated? Like, did you pursue wine always with the intention of wanting to get into the industry or were you just sort of someone who enjoyed drinking and you wanted to learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And then before you know it, you're like, Hey, I know more than like most of my friends about this thing. No, great, great question. Um, it's something I think about a lot. It, for me, it, it started with creating one experiences. So thinking about, you know, how do I place my intention for when I travel? 
um, I, I would go to these places and I told myself, I, I went on my first solo trip back in 2017 to Italy. And um, that was my first time visiting Italy. First, first time really traveling by myself in that sort of capacity outside of the United States. And I told myself, I set the intention of, hey, I'm going here to learn about wine. I'm going to still go and see all the sites. I'm going to go, um, you know, go explore the culture of Italy. But for me, I'm setting that intention of it's, it's really about wine. And it was, it was nothing to do with business or like thinking that, Oh, three years down the road, I'm going to launch a wine club. Let me start now. It was simply, it was something that interested me and something that fascinated me. And so I started, you know, setting that intention and then started creating in, in the form of either creating content or uh, creating opportunities to connect with other people around wine. And uh, it's from a process, that process of creation. And then I would start creating stuff around other niches too both in, you know, in the travel space and, um, other, other entrepreneurial, uh, ventures, if you will. And once I realized that wine was something that I had an opportunity to sort of go all in on, that's when I knew that, all right, I'm onto something. And that's, that's where I need to start putting some focus and, uh, some effort towards significantly. What you're saying sort of reminds me, I, I don't remember where, oh no, I was on a hike yesterday with my wife and we were walking up the hill as this young family was walking down and this girl, the girl who was with them was probably 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that age range and talking about soccer. And she's like, well, you know, I'm not really that passionate about soccer. And I only caught like that one and a half sentences of this, of the conversation as we were hiking, she was trying to tell her parents why she wasn't in there. And then I turned to my wife. I was like, yeah, because passion's the only reason that you need to do something. Right. So my question to you is like, you're, you're getting into wine. It's pretty cool. It's sexy. Right. Um, but is, do you think that you have this like passion for it and like you need that to start an entrepreneurial venture or like, where do you fall on that passion conversation? You, uh, it certainly helps not in starting that venture, but helps in finding out where you are meant to be and what you're meant to do. Another great story. I, I was actually telling someone this the other day. I, uh, when I was about two years old, I, I lived in Texas, grew up in Houston and the first Gulf War, uh, back in 90, 91, 92 there in Galveston, Texas is where, you know, the military sends a lot of its heavy equipment to be shipped overseas for various missions and everything. And so back then they would ship uh, a bunch of tanks and, uh, we call them Bradley's or, you know, fighting vehicles, uh, for infantry and everything, um, armored vehicles. And, uh, there's a whole train of them headed down to Galveston we were stopped at the train tracks. I was probably about two years old. My mom can look back at that moment and say, in that moment, that that's when you knew you knew what you're going to do. You knew that you're going to be going to the military. And you knew, you knew that that was going to be your career. And ever since then, I just always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, I, and, that, and that has served me very well with my career. But, you know, along the way, I also realized that I needed to do something else to, to kind of fuel this other passion I have that started to come out of... Um, having been in for, for, you know, this career for so many years, you, you enjoy it, but you also start to, I won't say burn out, but you start to, you know, get used to this monotony and you need something that kind of livens you up and have, gives you that balance in life and gives you that other source of fulfillment. And for me, that was entrepreneurship. And I wanted to find something that was going to fulfill me both from a business perspective and from a creation perspective and doing something like wine, um, just somehow is, you know, fulfills all those needs, I, those things that I need outside of career and um, lets me live the best life I want to live right now and hopefully in the future. Dude, that 
I appreciate you taking it back to that like two-year-old memory because I, I mean I have that with rowing uh, and I know a lot of other people have had that in various forms in uh, once they sort of see this spark or this the spark is planted or, or what have you it just like takes them in a direction and I guess that's really what if you're going to put air quotes around something passion means right is that is that excitement that thing that just has a gravitational pull on you towards it um so so for you you know you had that two-year-old memory seeing the tanks driving by or on a train or whatever it was um and and your mom even knew it at that point clearly so why don't you take us back to that trajectory like why don't we back up in your story and talk about you know your upbringing and and how you actually ended up into the military and then ultimately doing what it is you're doing now yeah. So, um, that, you know, going, I had a pretty, pretty standard or I guess, I mean, my, my definition, of course, everyone's definition is different and everyone's background is different, but you know, what I considered normal grew up in the suburbs of Houston and went to public high school and, um, I got an army RTC scholarship. And so went to school, um, got my commission, then went to the army and was stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado for my first four years. And then uh, did my first rotation to Afghanistan. Um, everything was going normal. I was able to, to assess into a new job in the military. And, um, and then I had a back injury. Um, and that back injury really shaped um, – it one, it made me realize that I was human and that really everything has uh, an expiration. Not just your life, but the things you do in life have expirations. And um, it made me realize and start to think about the lifestyle I wanted to have both now in the military, recognizing that I'm going to have to continue to make sacrifices, but also the lifestyle I want to have after the military. And um, that's really what was the impetus for me to start going on this journey of self-awareness, self-discovery, learning what it means to, to do something in a completely different space than the, the public sector and uh, ultimately starting a business. Yeah, because like, let's keep it real. Like wine and the military don't typically mix, right? So clearly, like you, you went in maybe a different direction than than many would assume, at least stereotypically, right? Like if nothing else. But um, expand on that that's that thing you just said, which was everything has a shelf life or everything has a, a duration to it. And and the military is a good example because I imagine from all the people I know who have served. Uh, very few people make it 10 plus years and even fewer to the 20 year mark. Um, and so there's, there's sort of a natural either aging out of the jobs because physically, or you just don't want to continue to do the things to you need to do to get up into the upper brass or what have you. And you want to shift into something else. Um, how did you come to grips with that? Because you'd clearly been in that for a long time and now you're, you're moving into entrepreneurial stuff. Like how did you, how did you wrap your head around the whole shift thing uh, and, and the fact that everything has a beginning, middle and end? Yeah, great question. I mean, I started with talking to people and having conversations both inside the military, outside the military, retired people, people in wine. Um, I actually got to talk with, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Barefoot Wines, one of the main, main brands you'll see in the grocery store. Um, I got connected with their head winemaker. And I was, you know, looking at getting out and everything. And I said, hey, you know, I really want to go into wine. I, you know, it's something that I've always had a passion for. I want to see where that goes. And just had some great conversations with people like that. And from there, it really just started to build this like sort of sense of clarity. And that sense of clarity, you know, helps you identify kind of that, like you said, that 
those expiration dates that you may have on certain things in your life. And then you kind of start to like lay out things in terms of time and space of, you know, if this thing has an expiration date, i.e. military service, you know, what am I going to do after slash what can I do to kind of bridge that gap? And then how does that translate to what I need to be doing now to, to make that transition successful? I think a lot of times, you know, a lot of military, I really want to stay away from overgeneralizations, but I do firmly believe that our best days are, are after military service. And that doesn't mean that you can't have a long, successful career, but your best days are always in front of you. And so you should want to continue to serve and serve as long as you can, but it's only going to get better from there. It's really interesting that you you say that because I had a very similar thought when I was training for the Olympics because uh, I'd been in that career, although I wasn't getting paid at all, uh, for 12 years, you know, starting as a sophomore in high school all the way to the Olympic Games in 2016. And it's really easy, especially when you get to the top of something, whether it's military service, a sport, uh, a career of some kind, you really, you, you like, you eventually reach a top of everything. There's a top, right? A mountain, all mountains have tops, right? And thinking like, okay, this is it. I'm here. I'll never get here. It'll never be the same. And I, and I had this thought, I hadn't even made the team yet, but I was like, what if like going to the Olympics is like the third coolest thing I ever do? And I was like, oh, that's a life worth pursuing. Like that seems pretty interesting. Like what, what could that look like? And all of a sudden you get out of climbing this one hill, this one mountain. And while it sucks to descend and become a noob again and all that sort of stuff, there's a trajectory all of a sudden. There's another, there's another goal. There's another um, exciting thing to pursue. And um, it sounds like for you, it was pulling on that thread of wine and seeing where that thing takes you. Yeah, no, it's absolutely it. And it's, you know, there's people that look back on things like that for, for you, for Owen, for others, maybe it's military service or, um, you know, high school athletics or college athletics or professional athletics, you know, um, I don't know what the, I think, I think there's a, a saying that the average, um, you know, career expectancy of an NFL player is like somewhere like, you know, six to eight years or something like that. You know, they're done by 32, 35. And if there's any NFL players listening uh, and I've got it wrong, please like feel free to correct me. But um, it, you know, most careers end at, you know, the average retirement rate age is somewhere in the 60 to 65 range. Whereas uh, that, you know, you've never uh, seen a, a professional uh, sport player making up to that range usually. And so uh, with the exception of maybe golf, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. Um, my point being that, you know, you can't, uh, you can't place all of your worth, all of your fulfillment, all of your success into that one thing and then ride that thing for the rest of your life. You can look back at and, and recognize the things that I gave you and, you know, appreciate and be grateful for all the opportunities you had. But there's a point you got to come in, like, what is the next thing? What is the next mountain? And that way you can find that fulfillment and that happiness that you, as much as you got from that last career and that next career and that next mountain that you're climbing. It's something that I, I struggle with and, and have been more recently trying to figure out for myself because like my sign off to the show is making every chapter better than the last. And that really rang true with me with like that whole comment of like, what if the Olympics is the third coolest thing I ever do? And, you know, how do you not only like practically and tactfully do that thing. So for you, it's military to this wine club and then to who knows what else beyond that. Um, but like, how do you 
sort of just set yourself up to, to do that successfully and, and be successful internally and mentally. So you're not holding on for dear life to the past and saying, I, back when I was in my twenties, I was just killing it, but then I'm now 30, whatever. And looking over to 40 and like, Oh, is it really down? Like that's a total mindset shift that you have to make. And it seems like one that you have made successfully. Yeah. I think it's kind of the same idea, but in two different respects, one is, you know, it's being intentional with your time and setting the intention. And there's two aspects of that. One is the presence and being present in the moment you're, you're focusing on. Actually, I run another community. It's called the way club. What's important now. And it's kind of a community for first time entrepreneurs and side hustlers. who are like trying to figure out how to get the first sale, get the first couple of clients. And I called it when, because I realized as I was going through not just my military career, but also, you know, starting a business and trying to grow and everything. The most important thing was focusing on the moment I was in and recognizing that the most important thing right now is the thing I need to be the most successful at and put all my focus and energy and effort towards. That is how you find success for yourself, whether something works out or not, an opportunity works out or not. You know, you go through all these different meetings and these different schedules and you go from, you know, having a call to uh, going out and getting your workout in to, you know, you have to kind of make these different transitions throughout the day. And I found that having that ability to focus on what's important now in each of those moments is so crucial and has been one of the best things I've been able to do for, for contributing to where I've gotten to so far um, and contribute to my, my mindset and my attitude. And then the second piece of that is setting the intention to plan strategically. And uh, you, you've got to have that presence when you're doing these different conversations and engagements with other people, but you also have to set aside that time to think about the long-term, think about the future and think about how are the things you're doing right now are adding up to that long-term strategic end state. How do you flex that muscle regularly? Like, and, and I guess first question really, that's more the second, the first being like, how did you start? Because we weren't, I, I would argue that that's not a skill that most of us are born with, especially in our sort of internet cell phone driven society Granted, you and I were born in a slightly pre-internet age, but um, but it's something that's not easy to do. That sort of presence, that like staying focused right here, and you know, and then also thinking forward and strategically uh, for the future. Like, how did you start that, and then how do you continue to build that muscle on a daily basis? Um, yeah, no, great question. I mean, one definitely, I've, I've definitely a lot done a lot of uh, breathing and breath work, and and learned a lot about how to uh, get my mind right and get my, get my state right before I go in. And you need a different state and a different attitude in every situation, but recognizing the kind of state and attitude you need to show up to get the most out of that situation. Um, and then two, just having this kind of system to organize your thoughts because you're going to be going through these events, these conversations, these, uh, you know, engagements with various people and organizations and things. And, you're going to have things that are going to pop into your mind, different ideas throughout the day and um, things you need to do. And the best thing I can say is, you know, have a way to organize that stuff as it come towards you and have a way to organize your opportunities as they come towards you. And, um, and then that way, as you get them, you're able to kind of filter them and put them into the, each of these bin, these bins. And that way, when you have the time to sit back and do some strategic thinking, strategery, uh, you can go in and, look at each of those bends when it makes sense for you and then evaluate those opportunities when it makes sense for you and then figure out what the implementation, the execution plan 
is and how it fits in together with everything else you've got going on. Being someone who practices being present like yourself, um, opportunities come up, things happen. You get exposed to a new idea or a new concept or a new industry or whatever. How do you then not get distracted? Because if you're being present and this new cool thing comes up and you want to mentally kind of dive into it and just see where it takes you, but, but it's a totally different direction than you were heading before. Like how do you prioritize those things um, so that you can stay on task and on mission, but then maybe make pivots as, as you get new information? Yeah, no, I think you gotta, you gotta learn how to batch um, and, you know, batching content, batching uh, decisions, you know, batching your, your meal plan for the week, batching, you know, uh, all these, these decisions and these things you got to do, um, figure out how you can do the most of it at the same time on a recurring basis and then pre-program that time into your schedule. Like for me, I just, actually made a decision today it's to have a day totally dedicated to calls like this or interviews or, or uh, you know other podcast interviews other just connection calls in general and I'm gonna set that intention and then going forward as new opportunities come in I'm gonna have an honest conversation with people and say hey this day of the week is when I do all calls and connections like this um, because I really want to protect my day protect my my time for for me to focus on things that are important um, and if it doesn't work this week, then let's put it on for next week or the week after. Um, if it's, if it's not going to work outside of that, then I'm going to be like, you know what, this problem this opportunity probably isn't for me because they're not willing to work with how I've structured my schedule, just like they've got their schedule structured. And so that's, is going to allow me to start filtering those conversations and protecting the time that's most important to me, which is, uh, my early mornings and my evenings. Yeah, man, that's, I was thinking about that just relative to booking guests on this exact podcast is like when I send people like a link to book, they basically have control over my calendar all of a sudden. And it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it that way. And what you're suggesting, like if you've ever used Calendly, which is the app that I like to use, uh, it allows you to block off certain days or certain time slots or, or what have you and having those parameters and those controls. So I have, I have like, when I started this show, I was like, pick any time, just come on the show. And now it's like, okay, let's, let's, so now it's like a couple of different windows on different days and different times so that I can make sure I get the other things done that I need to do. And I'm even thinking about refining it a little bit, but nonetheless, I think going through that exercise that you just described is an absolutely killer way to do it. And using a tool like Calendly or something else uh, to implement those intentions is, is super helpful too. Yeah. And you, I just thought about this too, is having that batching, you're going to create this high amount of energy and you're going to show up in this awesome state. I mean, think about when you get off that call with someone that you connect with and you just have an awesome conversation and you talk about all these great opportunities, you leave that conversation on a high and then you're going to carry that high into the next conversation. And you want to, you want to maintain that momentum throughout the day. Whereas if you have all these different you got a conversation at one, you got a thing at three, you got, you know, this at five, you're kind of losing that momentum and you're not giving yourself time to process and time to kind of take a step back. So by bashing all at one same time, you're kind of building that momentum up. So that way you can bring the same amount of energy to every conversation. Yeah, man, that that's really awesome. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I could sit here and, and talk to you all day about this. I do want to, before we get to the end of the show, 
learn a little bit more about the wine club specifically. If we've got wine connoisseurs or wine drinkers in here, you know, tell us about the wine club real quick. What is the vision for it? I think it's awesome, but I'd love you to share it with the, with the rest of uh, the group and the audience and, and tell us a little bit more of what we can experience uh, if we come join up with you. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, so I guess I'll give you a little bit of the backstory when, um, as we've been talked about before, you know, I was working on figuring out what my niche is and everything and started doing some content creation started doing some brand partnerships with various wine brands. Um, of course I moved to California back in December of last year and started getting exposed to California wineries. Um, and I really noticed is that the people in the wine industry are some of the most hospitable people you ever meet, just so nice and so accommodating. And they want you to have a great experience because they know if they, make sure you have a great experience that you're going to enjoy their wines. And the more you enjoy their wines, the more you're going to buy their wines. And so it's just a win-win. Um, so when COVID happened, I saw an opportunity to sort of build a community. Uh, you know, you had all these virtual happy hours and everything going on. And so I started my own virtual wine tasting every Friday night. Started out with just my personal network of people and uh, you know, they would, they would show up and then it started to grow and I started getting people, you know, outside of my network, outside of my people's network that started to show up to the wine tasting. And what I would do is I bring on a local brand either here in Monterey where I'm at, you know, currently or somewhere along the, the West coast or, uh, you know, just someone that's got a really cool story. And I think their wines are probably going to be pretty cool, uh, as cool as their story. And so what it did was it gave the, the brands a chance, the wineries and, and everything, it gave them a chance to one, tell their story, connect with outside audiences and then two, it helped my people learn more about wine and learn more about, you know, what's actually in their glass when they take a sip. And uh, that was just a, just a killer combination. And it, it was going great. I was doing it for five or six months. And then uh, what I realized is I was doing a lot of work, a lot of extra work that I, I enjoyed, but I also wanted to find a way to kind of streamline it. And that's when the idea for the, the wine club was born because I wanted to be able to give people the option when they asked me, Hey, what are the wines we're going to be drinking this week? Or, you know, what's the name of the brand and everything? Can I find it at the grocery store? And be like, no, just join the club. And then I'll ship you the wines that we're going to be tasting this week or this month. And then that way it's just delivered straight to your door and it makes it easy for me and easy for you. So, so basically you've built a social club around wine that meets virtually. And then you every month send new wine that you're going to be experiencing together. Yeah. Uh, so every month I go in, um, right now we're, uh, three reds and three whites for a three month, uh, membership. So each month I'll go in, I'll pick a white and a red and based off of one, what the time of year is, what the seasonality is, you know, wine's a very, you know, it's a very culinary experience that adds to, uh, an atmosphere or a situation. And so I try to think about what people are going to be doing, what they're going to be, you know, eating, what they're going to be, uh, what kind of parties going to do not most during COVID right now, but um, you know, what are they going to be doing for the month of October? And I try to pick wines that are going to pair really well with those activities and those situations. And uh, that's really the, the philosophy I have between picking the wines. And uh, so it's one month, you know, picking, you know, one white, one red. And then we also have a three month option, which is uh, calling, I'm calling them my VIP package. Um, just so that way we can, you know, incentivize people to join and do, do more wine and we get a discount on shipping and that way I can pass that discount on to the customer. So um, that's, that's really the essence of the club. And, uh, we we're hoping to roll out some really new, uh, cool offerings here in uh, Q1 of next year. Right on, man. Well, tell us where we can find out about the club before we get into the last section of the show real quick. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so first off, the best way to, to contact with me or to connect with me is on Instagram 
at the real Chris Levy, K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the club, you can either shoot me a message on there or head to chrislevy.co, K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y.co slash wine club. And then you'll have the full information about the club there. Right on. Well, we'll make sure that is linked up down in the show notes for sure. And Chris, before we get off, oh, that by the way, that's Chris with a K, right? Just so everyone doesn't try to go C-H. I want to respect the rest of your day. I know you got a lot of other calls to get on and some other things to do for the club. Let's transition to the last section of the show called the Focus Five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Great. Let's do it. First question is, what book have you gifted most often? Fantastic question. I gifted Good to Great by Jim Collins. Such a great book. So many practical lessons and insights into what makes you know, some of these uh, high producing stock companies really do well. Um, and what some principles that applied not only, you know, in the latter half of the 20th century, but I think are still relevant now. Get, uh, what, what are the two first things like get the right people in the organization and get them in the right seats? Discipline thought, or sorry, discipline people plus discipline thought plus discipline action equals great results. That's awesome, man. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Alexander the Great. Um, I recently took a ancient, ancient warfare history class um, at grad school, and we talked about you know ancient warfare and campaigns of, of those days and the Roman Empire, and um, we talked a lot about Alexander. And what I always appreciated about Alexander was how he used his personal brand to filter his message and, and really conquer the known world. I mean, yeah, he was a fantastic tactician and strategist and was able to, you know, lead a great campaign across uh, uh, the Middle East and Asia. But what really struck me was interesting was how he used uh, his personal brand and how he, you know, used things like coins and, um, different, you know, messaging, uh, to the general people that he would go in and conquer to really build his empire and, uh, maintain control over the, the territory he controlled. That's a really interesting thought. I'd never, never thought about it that way. That's super cool though, man. What is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? That you have to pay more for a great bottle of wine. <laughs> right on. You got it's it. not only the expensive ones that are good, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's about it's about setting an intention and recognizing what you want, what kind of experience you want to have. There's times and places for expensive bottles of wine, there's times and places for, you know, uh ten dollars ball ten dollar bottles of wine. It just depends on what, what you're looking to do and you know where you're gonna be uh what kind of experience you're trying to create. You talked about breath work a little bit, but give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? Yeah, I like to, first thing I like to do is make my bed. There's just something about coming back to a made bed at the end of the day that just is relaxing. And then do some scripture and uh, do some prayer and some meditation. And then I like to get something physical in, in the morning. Either I've got a, I've got a belt on, uh, definitely a COVID purchase, but uh, make the most of it. I'll, I'll either jump on the bike or go hit a, a workout in um, at the gym or, uh, you know, go for a run or a hike or something like that, but something that just gets me moving. And that's, that's really what makes up my, my morning routine. 
Man, that's awesome. So you already talked about your Instagram and website, but can you say it one more time for us? Cause we want to know the best place online to connect with you and learn about the wine club. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, at the real Chris Levy, K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y. And, you know, feel free to, to follow me and uh, shoot me a message. I love connecting with people and just having conversations. If there's anything I can do for you or your listeners anytime, I'd be more than happy to, to help out. You heard it here first, folks. The the real Chris Levy on Instagram. Go follow him. Go check him out. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on with the Wine Club. Uh, and definitely, if you're even slightly interested in wine and socializing, it's a place you want to be. So, Chris, man, appreciate you coming on, talking about your experience about the club and, and dropping some uh, great knowledge on us and bringing some value today. So, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Hans. Enjoy the conversation 100%. And uh, I look forward to seeing where this goes in the future. Thanks for tuning in today. Go check Chris out at the real Chris Levy, K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y on Instagram. He's got some great content that he's pumping out over there, wine and non-wine related. So you want to go check him out there. And if you want to learn about the wine club or or check it out and join it, uh, that's down in the description of the show below. And uh, you might even catch me on one of those. I'm not traditionally a huge wine connoisseur, but I think I might have to get in there uh, with Chris and and see what that's all about. See if I can learn something. Uh, Anyways, if you want to connect with me, uh, I'm on Instagram at Chief Sna, so go check me out there. And as always, uh, you can um, find all the rest of my stuff down in the show notes as well. So guys, without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and log it off for today. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. <laughs>